0: You're now listening to The Sound of Accra. This is the show where we chat with colourful creatives and entrepreneurs with a Ghanaian background or a special interest to the city, bringing you one step closer to Accra. I go by the name of Adrian Daniels, and I've got a tasty show for you today. Um, So I've got none other than a creative artist, A fashion design innovation background. She has a Ghanaian heritage and she's born and lives in Manhattan, New York. Um, May I introduce to the show someone special who I've connected with in Accra, but we didn't get to do the podcast there, you know, for unfortunate circumstances, you know, schedules mixed up. But anyway, whatever time zone we are on, we made it happen anyway, didn't we?
1: (laughs) Yes, we did.
0: (laughs) And you just heard the lovely voice of Nana Yasewa Akuko, aka Queenia. Welcome to the Sound of a Crow. How are you feeling?
1: I'm feeling amazing. Thank you so much for having me.
0: No, it's been a long time coming. I'm really glad (laughs) you were able to come to the show. So let me just give you guys a background. I mean, this chick's body of work is exhaustive. I mean, she does everything from creative designing, creative directing, modeling, fashion week, workshops, craft workshops, music, and I haven't even gotten to everything, you know? I mean, what can't she do? You know, and you guys may have listened to episode one. I had Anya Tay in the show. He was just a cr- an accomplished creator on a whole different side. And this is maybe his match, but for fashion and art and design. But anyway, Queenia, could you just give the audience a little bit of a background about what you do? Just a little bit, just a, a, a just a short nut nutshell or yeah, just, just a brief.
1: Well, maybe I can just, um, offer a different perspective to maybe understand, um, who I am and yeah. why I kind of tap into so many different areas. Yeah. I am a creative and I don't really like to limit myself to any one um, genre of art. I love to explore. I love to learn Mm -hmm. and I love to express. So Mm -hmm. for me, learning and tapping into other genres of art is the exciting, um, the exciting part for me. Um, I mean, obviously to actually like, have a profession and to study, I had to kind of pick one. And so I picked the, the area of art that was most um, comfortable and more, you know, organic for me, which is fashion. Yeah. Um, but I find that expressing my fashion related style, related concepts through other forms of art is where I really feel most alive. So, yeah, yeah, because of that, that's why I have so many, so much uh, background in other areas. And also, I do a lot of stuff myself. So I've had to, like, learn yeah. how to do some, some stuff. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. I mean, your body of work is just completely versatile. I mean, from dressing up for designers like Marc Jacobs, you know, work of NY cares, performances, shows, galas across NY, you know, I saw the, the stuff on Instagram at the, um, the world trade center, you know, the gown worn by, you know, Tina was I believe was it Tina was it was it Tina well, Knowles? no 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 you know, so
1: miss yeah um well Beyonce's mom miss Tina Knowles miss Tina Lawson uh as she's now remarried um uh, okay. but she holds she first of all she has a, a really um big love for fashion. Mm -hmm. She used to design Destiny's Child's costumes in their earlier day uh, through house of Darion. And I think even before that, so she has a big appreciation for fashion and wearable art. She gets it. So she, she holds this annual gala every um, year. Um, I think they raised money for her Waco theater, which is like a performing arts center in uh, Los Angeles. Okay. So yeah, last year they, they did a Lion King theme, uh, which kind of was the introduction uh, for Beyonce's uh, Lion King movie, as well as a lot of her other projects that uh, geared towards the Lion King theme. So the opening performer, her name was uh, is Azinba. She's a violinist. Okay. She, yeah, she actually wore my Rapunzel gown. Wow. For that event.
0: Wow! Look at that. You know, you know that's just remarkable. You know, getting your 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 work in the hands of people like that, I and mean, it must make you feel like really special.
1: You know, it, it's. <laughs> I try not to harbor on moments only because I still feel like I have so far to go. And I, yeah, I don't want to get stuck in any one moment, but I can say that, um, the moments that give me that reassurance that I'm on the right track come right at the perfect time. Yeah. And that was one of those moments where, like, you know, it was just a reminder, like, okay, girl, like, you're, you're on the right track, you're doing it, like, people are noticing you. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just kind of one of those, like, just reassuring things. But, I mean, obviously, Beyonce is one of the most, you know, amazing stars and most talented performers of our age. So, to have anything associated with her seeing my work. Yeah. It definitely felt good, but yeah, I still recognize it as uh, just a stepping stone.
0: That's great. Yeah, I mean, you know what they say. You know, you, sh- you shoot, f- you shoot for the for the stars and fall on the moon, or however it goes. You know, I probably said it wrong anyway.
1: You're aiming <laughs> you get high. The
0: point. You're aiming high, and that's that's the main point. And some people just get stuck on the the smaller moments, but you want to see the bigger picture, and you're going for the. For, for, for the big for the big goal and that's what matters
1: i just want to go where i feel like i belong like i felt like my my well i i actually did not um contact the stylist who pulled that piece for the for that event they contacted me so Mm -hmm. they felt like it it was perfect for for that event which you know definitely feels good but i mean when i reach out to people i'm not doing it necessarily because i feel like oh this is going to be Uh, you know, something that's going to give me more recognition. But I try to find projects that truly are in line with my vision because I think I do have such a, you know, unique maybe or like, you know, maybe like far out style. And I embrace a lot of different elements. So whenever I find a creative or an outlet to showcase, I jump
0: on that absolutely absolutely i mean i think you've jumped on every everything that's come your way that's not everything
1: not everything <laughs> i can't i can't manage everything at,
0: okay maybe not everything because <laughs> I, I wouldn't know that but i mean you've done you've done a lot of work i have to say and it's i mean afro-punk beauty filled minds um, um afro-futurism a walkthrough afro-futurism could you? I mean, could you talk us through Afro Punk? I mean, for the audience, what is what is Afro Punk?
1: Yes, yeah, so, I mean, for me, what Afro? So Afro Punk started. I'll I'll tell you. Like I'll try to yeah. give you this a brief like rundown. Yeah. yeah. I found out about Afro Punk maybe three four years ago through just a uh, casual conversation with a friend who basically told me that this is a place where there are a lot of people who are embracing you know, fashion, but like Afro, like high fashion. And like, this is a place where I can find my tribe. And like, he found his tribe there. And like, when he was describing it to me, I was just like, okay, this sounds like a place I need to be. But like, I don't know. I've never been. So the first time I went, um, I just designed some pieces, you know, just to go. It's a two day event. Um, I designed two dresses. I think the first year I did, uh, a piece called, I, I, I named my pieces. So the, the first um, one was everything black matters.
0: Mm-hmm. I saw
1: that. Yeah. And then the, the second, the second piece that I did was called magnify chains and I just wore them. And the response that I got there was insane. Like I, I, <laughs> I had, I couldn't walk, like I could not walk through, Um, through the field, it was absolutely amazing. But more than anything, I felt like I finally found people that – understand my vision, that appreciate my vision, that love it, that get it, that, that like just made me feel so at home, like the, the, the energy at Afropunk was just unbelievable. So, I mean, when I first went, it was just to show my work and just to see, you know, what Afropunk was like, but now I go, you know, as much as I, get, I go every every year. That one time I've been, mm-hmm. and it's really because I feel this sense of like fullness that I I just can't describe it. It just feels like pure love.
0: <laughs> I can definitely hear the passion in your voice. I mean, it must it must be pure love. You know, I mean, what 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 can't it be? And I know you have this passion. I mean, for Afro Pong and Afro as a whole, because. I know there was an event in, in Accra, um, I mean we'll get to that when you, when you came down, I mean your recent trip to, to, to Ghana, we'll t- talk about that with the audience. On, on Boxing Day there was an event, um, Black Gala, does that ring any bells?
1: of course it rings bells
0: (laughs) and that was i mean did you did you connect with anyone in that event did you could you relate to that event because i know there was um an afrofuturism movement going on there as well i mean was that something you were able to relate back back to back in the in the states
1: well, was I able to relate it back to the States, you're saying, or?
0: Yeah. So how did you, Yeah, how, what did you think about that event? Because when you came down to Ghana, um, you can see in Ghana, they had their own movement going on in mm-hmm. terms of afro so you know you had afro punk going on in uh you know there's afro punk going on in 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 the states but in in ghana there's there's a there's a different kind of movement going on there's a afro futurism movement you know you can see it with the with the fashion with the um the culture you know with with how things are progressing in terms of modern day uh um how did you find that event first of all i mean was it was it was it something that met your expectations just coming from the Afro punk um, backgrounds or was it something that you you had to embrace?
1: Okay. So let me, let me just say, I think that when it comes to Afro futurism, I, I definitely think that that is more of like a global movement that's happening in a lot of um, black communities mm-hmm. um, that are, you know, circulated around fashion and art so I don't I don't think that's necessary like a Ghanaian thing or an American thing or a European thing I think that black people in general are embracing technology black people in general are finding their self in the in or like placing their image in the vision of the future in ways that you know it's more. It's, it's more of a. It's it's a movement. It really is a movement. It's it's more of like just saying, I I will be here. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. And and that's what my piece was. Um, with Afro with Afro Punk. It was the the last piece that I did at Afro Punk was called um insist um insist to persist, and it was just that. It was about putting your you know putting yourself in a position or basically showcasing who you are as a, a black creative and saying hey like this is the future and this is what i am going to be representing in the future this is black fashion is going to be here in the future so i think right. with the black gala that was more of like a literal representation of that, because that's what the whole event was about. Um, the, there was, I actually did an exhibit there, uh, but there were other fashion designers there that definitely to me showed that same sense of, um, you know, being part of that movement because, and even more so like representing Africa because the, the, they use a lot of Kente and like full Kente Yeah. And then like using Kente in very architectural ways. And I I actually did a little bit of that myself using Kente, but like modernizing it. I don't even want to say modernizing it, but just putting a different twist on it. Mm. So um, I think going forward globally, you're going to see more of that like Afro futurism movement. And and again, I never like set out to be Afro, Afro futuristic designer. Like it, it, to me, it's not about that. Like I, I like to explore different topics, different subjects, different, you know, conversations. So I'm, I'm, a, I dibble and dabble into whatever pulls me wherever it pulls me. But to me, where I was at at the time when I started working on a lot of the the pieces that might fall under the Afrofuturism umbrella, Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking about the perseverance of Black people in general and recognizing that there's a conversation right now globally around the future of pretty much everything
0: <laughs> of course i mean i mean we, you, you know we met up at that event i mean i know i met you through the uh the, the whatsapp group
1: yeah
0: guys if you guys have been listening to the sound of a Cry, you would have heard me bring up this whatsapp group the whatsapp group is fully packed you need there's actually a waiting list of people waiting to join that's how hot the whatsapp group is but anyway <laughs> um queen Yal was part of whatsapp group and there was an actual event it was was it pan Afro link yeah
1: yeah pan Afro link that and was dope event
0: it was it was dope event you know you had food music you had good vibes good good conversations mm-hmm. very woke conversations I don't really like that word but that, that's just what came to mind anyway mm-hmm. um, but very thought-provoking conversations about how we can you know, move Africa forward. Essentially. Um, you had the likes of Akala, Eddie Caddy and other, you know, personalities in that, at that event doing. Yeah.
1: What I loved about that event and not to cut you off, but like what I yeah. really loved about that event was the yeah. diversity of, um, the different attendees. Like you had, you had poets there, you had painters there, you had yeah. Um, people who were in the financial sector, you know, you had people who were in real estate, there was just like this yeah. huge mesh of everyone that felt like they had something to contribute to um, the progression of Africa. And they had this really amazing um, board of, of communicating what you do what you're looking for, what you have to offer. I just thought it was so amazing because, you know, I I think ultimately the progression of both, you know, Africa and, you know, black communities throughout the diaspora is connectivity. Like we have to work together and everybody has something unique to offer. And we, 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 we can't just have one point of view. We can't have um, one, background you know we have to kind of figure out where we all come from and figure out what we can each individually offer how we can team together ideas to push forward and the 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 great thing about pan the pan afro link is that i I think they did that aesthetically it was a you know very well put together the colors were great everything was amazing about that event
0: it was i mean I think when I was looking at the board of all of the different uh skills and mm-hmm. um services that were on offer and products I was pretty impressed I mean I took a photo of it I don't think I've looked back at it since but I was just really like overwhelmed with oh man we've got all of this talent in one boat yeah do to move Africa forward and we had conversations about how you know um, the year of return could have been you know handled a bit better so these are the kind of conversations that we need to be having and um i'm sure for you as someone who is you know forward thinking you know you would you would really would have enjoyed or you you really would have appreciated an event like this because and you know it's all about moving africa forward it honestly is and we need to be moving forward
1: oh and i feel like we need to get to a point where we're working together to progress all of our communities in general globally
0: i totally agree with you i mean the the mindset and the mentality and maybe the the mental state of mind of you know some or most Ghanaians is completely different to what you may see in other parts of the world
1: Mm -hmm. Um, was
0: that was that a culture shock for you was this your first time you know coming
1: yes it was. it was my first time coming <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, the year, so did the year of return reel you in or did you did you always you know want to come to Ghana as a Ghanaian yourself
1: no so I we definitely held off on talking about this because I I kind of wanted to he- hold off on talking about it so okay. all right I'm gonna try to give you a like a quick quick rundown so My father, back in the 80s, my father moved to America. Okay, before he moved to America, he had a son in Ghana. Okay.
0: Um,
1: I think he was probably about one year old at the time. My father moved to the States. He became a teacher. He ended up becoming the teacher to my mother's son. Okay. My my older brother at the time. Whoa. Yeah, so they met my father. My father was my brother's teacher. My mother and father met at a parent-teacher conference. They fell in love. They got married. They had me and they had my older brother. Within, I think it was just a few days, maybe a week. I don't even think it was a week. Um, of my brother's birth, my father passed away. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, so my mother had to basically raise us in the States, but she had no way of finding like my family. She didn't really know where to begin with that whole process. So what I was told was basically just that I had a brother somewhere in Africa <laughs> and that's wow. all I knew. I had a brother in Africa. I knew that one day I would find him. I just didn't know how. I honestly thought it would happen on like the Montel Williams show. <laughs> That's what I I, I I always thought that growing up. I, I felt like I would just go and do like a reuniting story on Montel Williams. But his show got canceled. And then I was kind of like, okay, how is this going to happen? But I never really lost faith. So one day I was on the bus and I got an, a, an email from someone on a website that I had just created probably less than a week prior to this email that basically said, Hey, I think I'm your brother. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I knew right away that it was my brother. He knew like so many details about my father and all the dates matched up. We chatted for about six years via like WhatsApp and through Skype. And we had planned to meet this year, you know, last uh, December, but it had nothing to do with the year of return, like at okay. all.
0: <laughs> okay. So It wasn't the year return No Not at all It It was your It was family It was my
1: family
0: Okay Yeah I'm assuming you got to meet meet your brother eventually,
1: yeah, so I met my i mean it's it's kind of like weird to even say this, but I have more family in Ghana than I do in the in the states, so i'm not surprised <laughs> <laughs> yeah my my grandma she had like eleven children, so I have a bunch of aunts and uncles, I have cousins, I have a brother uh um, nieces and nephews my my grandma was probably meeting my grandma was probably the most um. Emotional and like meaningful experience there in Ghana, but yeah, she's 95 years old, and for her, I can't imagine that it was even more um, of an emotional experience because I'm the child of her child that went to America and died, and now I'm coming back and she's meeting me for the first time. So, I mean, there's
0: that 's quite something
1: yeah, there was a moment where my I showed her a photograph of my father, and she she broke out in tears and i I had to just like rub her back and like uh, yeah uh, uh,
0: uh, that, that sounds thats that sounds so powerful at the same time it's it's quite emotional i mean how how life plays out sometimes yeah but um but nevertheless, I mean things have worked out you've been able to connect you know with your roots you 've been able to connect with family. Um, that you've been, you know, on a journey on trying to rediscover, and you've been able to connect with, you know, Ghana on on other levels, you know, yeah, in terms of expressing yourself. Um, I know the year return headlined some key events, including AfriCella. Um, I know, you know, I'm not trying to necessarily divert the attention from, you know, you sharing what, you know, you sharing you know, your kind of journey in terms of your family and everything like that. Um, but um I do recall that, you know, Afrochella, that was another key headline event that took place during the year of return period. And um, you, I, I believe you were involved in, in that, in that event somewhat, weren't you?
1: Yes. Yes. And first of all, don't worry about diverting anything. It's all like one story. So yeah. it's all, it's all very significant. And I, you mm-hmm. I've already said what I needed to say about that part of the journey. So like we can jump definitely jump right into the Afrochella and all that stuff. Um, okay. Yeah. So um, Afrochella like was basically a chance for me to do something similar that I do at Afropunk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, be, you know, I love festivals and I was able to connect with uh, one of the co-founders, um, of Afrocella, and, um, basically kind of just go in on what I thought would be an amazing creative activation for, for the event.
0: Mm. And what was it? Well, well, am I right if I saw one of your, um, photos or videos on uh, the Instagram page?
1: You might have, uh, I think on, if you're speaking about my Instagram, I don't know if they posted me on, on the Afrochella Instagram. I really don't know. I haven't checked it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, it may, very may have been cause I took like a bunch of pictures on that day. Uh, was, it, it,
0: was it your wearable art that you were you wearing on, on, at the event?
1: Yes, yes, so I had, it was myself, but I also had some lovely, wonderful local models with me, Um, and I had them wearing a few of the pieces, they did, I think it did did two changes, so I was able to showcase uh, about four to six, I think six looks, actually one model left a little bit early, so about five looks that day, so yeah, and then including what what I wore, so about six looks that day. And you
0: know,
1: yeah, it was interesting. I I wanted to do what I do, but I wanted to add a little bit of the Ghanaian flair, obviously, to to <laughs> as my nod to Ghana and my embrace of the culture. And yeah, I did I did that, and it was fun. And you know, it seemed like people were really open to it. It, it was it wasn't even like it, people weren't shocked. People weren't you know confused everyone was just like oh okay people got it but i also think that the afrochella audience is very progressive and they're very they're already into art they're already into creativity and you know so it was it was really normal for them
0: yeah so it must so afrochella when you um got involved with the event you must have felt right at home in terms of the, the creative stuff that you're already doing
1: yeah, I mean definitely. The the wonderful the I mean, I would say that at Afrocella, I felt um even a bigger sense of belonging because I actually had like a branded station, so it was I was able to display like House of YBA and then there were a lot of people that kind of like hopped on the podium and they were like jumping in with with our display of fashion and art and you know, it it was more of like a social thing. It wasn't really all about me. It wasn't all about the fashion. It was about like people coming up on to the stage that we had set up and kind of jumping in the pictures and, you know, it was cool. Love.
0: love. I love it. I love it. Well, that that must've been a great opportunity for you to kind of like display or express your creativity at, at such a key event. So, uh, well done with that. Nun, uh, you know, Queen Yo. um, what I wanted to say was that um, Africella, I know they had some music artists involved in the event, um, but music wasn't the main part of this event, was it?
1: Well, um- of my event or just in general for Afrocello?
0: Afrocello wasn't the main... I mean, music wasn't the main part of Afrocello like it was with Afro Nation.
1: Well, I think... Af- so the thing about Vernel um, is that he's an artist himself and he really has a good sense of um, the art movement. He has a good sense of aesthetic. Um, he has a really high taste level. So... To me, Afrochella was a really great fusion of yeah. art and music. Mm. And I think that Afropunk touches on that a little bit, but because he himself is an artist, I think he did a really, really great job at segmenting um off or not really even say well well you did have like an art an art an artistic area and then you had like a more of a music area but like even though the way that the venue was designed it was really really artistic like in the vip section um everything was just so beautifully laid out you know so there was a lot that went into that event there was a lot that went into the branding of that event there was a lot that went into all of the advertisement for that event um but yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm just glad I was there. It was like, it was perfect. <laughs>
0: well, I'm really glad you you enjoyed the event. I can really hear it through your voice. And yeah, um, so that's Afrochella. Uh, now let's move on to something else. So um, I know there's a music side to you as well
1: yes there is there is yes. definitely a music side i mean i if you would have asked me this maybe a few months ago i would have been extremely bashful about it but it's something that i'm getting more comfortable speaking about
0: <laughs> <laughs> actually before we move on to the music could you share with the audience um you mentioned house of yba <laughs> could you ex- explain to the audience what house of yba is i know what it is but they don't know what it is
1: oh no is. that's a wonderful question so i've always had this um appreciation for collaboration and unity among different forms of art like I ca- actually mentioned in the beginning of my um, of the interview so I'm really 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 inspired by a movement in art called the Bauhaus movement which was a, a huge German art movement and this whole that that movement brought together a bunch of different artists that basically, Challenged what art was at the time. Because art, there was a huge, um, you know, agreement amongst the community of the time that art was this one thing. And there, you know, a lot of these artists were like, no, we can't, how can you just, how can you say that art is this and art is not that? You know, to me, I, I always personally say that Art is the transformation of human emotion into something that is tangible.
0: So oh, that's a powerful statement. So say that again to the audience. Yeah. That's power- that's, that's a, that should be a quotation. <laughs> say that again. Yes.
1: Art is yeah. the transformation of yeah. human emotion into something that is tangible.
0: Powerful. That's just really.
1: And that's all it is to me. So. I, when I learned about, I took art history, I went to FIT and I took art history there. And when I learned about that movement, it resonated with me so much. So before that, I, I still had the name house of YBA, but I was using H O U S E just like any fashion collection. Most, um, fashion collections, they refer to themselves as house of this or house of that. But when I, when I learned about the Bauhaus movement, which is spelled H A U S it was perfect for me. And the YBA are just my initials. So it's a Yasewa by Akuoku. And the reason why I did that Yasewa by Akuoku is because I always knew that my perspective was a little bit different. um, Or it's not really different, but like I have a unique perspective because I'm I'm in Ghanaian, but Mm -hmm. I am an African-American. So I wanted to basically pay homage to both of those sides to me. So... Uh, When I say by Akuoku, I'm referencing the fact that like, I will never detach from that because at the end of the day, I'm always at Akuoku. So no matter what I do, it's always by Akuoku.
0: I love it. That makes perfect sense. What, what, I've now cracked the the code. <laughs> and I was on your Instagram and I was trying to figure out why she called this, why is she called that. But anyway, don't worry, guys. We'll have all the um, the links in the show notes. So you can you can check out all this stuff. Um, really creative stuff. And I agree with you. I mean, art really isn't you know one one sided. There's so many different sides to art. And you know, one person say art is like this, one person say art is like that. I think people are inventing, you know, different types of art every single day. So I'm right with you on 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 that on that part. And yeah, back to the music. So I mean, I I, I'm a, I heard that you're cooking up, you cooked up something in the studio. <laughs> are you dropping something soon.
1: You know, I really, <laughs> I'm I'm so in love with this project, but I don't like. I, like just the, this conversation is still like blowing my mind because I've kind of like wanted to, I wanted to delve into music for so long, but I was just so nervous about it because I've spent so much time just building like who I am and like building my foundation in fashion. So to come out and start talking about music, first of all, like music is another you know, one of those things where it's like a hit or miss thing. Right. So like with the fashion and the art, I've already, I've already received like acceptance from my mom and my family and my friends to like pursue this, you know, this passion of mine. Right. And it's already been hard enough to get to this point. So to even think about, Now, thinking about music, it's kind of like, do I bring this up? Or do I just take this to the grave? But, yeah, I mean, (laughs) it came about um, through just, like, having fun, honestly. Like, you know, there was a challenge that was put out. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to, like, participate in this challenge just for the fun of it. And I had so much fun. So I went back to that. And and Ghana is where Mm -hmm. I decided you know what i want to really kind of play with this a little bit more and kind of see if i can merge this into presenting my fashion work a little bit more so yeah at the black gala i met an artist there who um you know we we just kind of we were talking we were vibing it was like him and his team they had um a sound exhibit there and we just started chatting And they told me what they did and I, I was kind of apprehensive, but I decided, you know, what, I'm going to mention that, you know, I have a little bit of interest in in music and I did and we connected. And then like a few days later I hit him up and I was like, Hey, um, you know, maybe I'm, I'm here, you know, for a little bit, I'm interested in music. Would you have a moment to maybe meet so we can, you know, maybe just go over some of like my ideas and like maybe you can tell me a little bit more about what you what you do and I will tell you someone told me that when I get to Ghana and find my tribe that I was gonna feel like the biggest sense of joy and that's when Ghana is gonna really feel like home to me and I had a hard time believing them but when I no, when I met these guys I can't even explain to you the synergy that was in like it was amazing we we actually freestyled So we we, we ended up working on a song, but how that song came about was that like, and I think they were, what they did is it was so smart. So they sat me down, they they didn't go about anything in like a, you know, it, it, it didn't feel like a business meeting. It was kind of like a chill session. So we we met we met at a lounge. They put some music on, and we just vibed. And they were like, "Oh, freestyle!" And I was like, "Uh, well, I'm more of like a writer at this point. Like, I like to kind of have a little bit contro- of control over like my metaphors and my word usage." But they were like, "No, just like." freestyle so i was kind of like oh okay i'm gonna do it but like if it's not good don't judge me on it so that's what
0: type of person sorry you the type of person that comes up that likes to kind of like plan things and try and come up with things in your own time or are you not or are you not very good when it comes to coming up with things on the spot
1: I end up coming up with a lot of things on the spot because when I try to plan things, they don't necessarily work out how I plan them. <laughs> but I will say that with writing, I've, I, I think I felt a little bit just intimidated by freestyling at first because it's something that I haven't really done in front. Well, writing raps, cause I write like other things, but like writing raps is something that I haven't done in front of people, Mm. really since I was like a teenager. So (laughs) So
0: even back then you were running around. Yeah.
1: Like that's the thing. Like I've always done it and I've like always done it around like friends that I felt really close with, but I just didn't, I didn't like make it seem like it was something that I actually really cared about. But like, if they were smart, they would have picked it up because I was always like, Hey, like, why don't I just like spit a bar? Like, why don't I just like, (laughs) let me freestyle. Let me do this. You know, it was something that was always in me, but, um, So yeah, that's what we did. He put, you know, he, he had his manager with him. We put some music on and we just, he's a singer. So he sung some stuff freestyle and I rapped some stuff freestyle and I didn't, we were recording, but we weren't like, I thought we were just having fun. But like a few days later I get a text from, um, his manager, like, Hey, we have a gift for you. And I'm like, what are you talking about? So I, he's like, oh hey, we recorded a song and we left a spot for you to add your part. So I was like, oh. okay, hold up, I don't even know what beat it was. I don't even know. I have no idea what what I was about to open. But when I heard it, I was like, oh, this is like, weird, this is on and popping because like, I was in love with it. So within like, I, I would say like that night. Yeah. I went back, I started writing the verse and then we met the next day I wrote, we ended up like we were writing but the lights went, the lights of the whole every all of the electricity went out right, classic yeah exactly so we were trying to record, he he recorded the song over, but then when it came to my part, we couldn't do anything because we had no electricity. So we had to wait for the next morning, but I took oh, that time. Yeah. Yeah. No, no generator, no generator, which I'm kind of surprised because... Oh, no. Yeah, Ghana.
0: Step up. Step up, please. <laughs> Come on. I cannot be doing this. I heard there was hardly any light up in the year return. And when everybody went back, that's when the lights started going off. And oh, my God. gone up for quite some time, weren't you?
1: Yes, I was there for three months.
0: Yeah. So even when people came for the peak period and they left, you know, they started switching the lights up because they don't care. They, they, don't, they don't care about the local <laughs> as as they were concerned the Americans the British everybody else around the world who came to Ghana they had gone back so they ain't leaving a line for anybody they don't care yeah but,
1: <laughs> but I was, was I was now. in the suburbs so let's get that let's get that yeah. clear like I was not hanging out at all of the you know the areas where all the diasporans hang out mainly I was there but I was also getting like a really authentic gunning experience because my family is there, you know? So I was like in Achimoda, like I was in Santa Maria, I was in Amasamen, like, you know, that's where I was at. So yeah. even during the year of return, trust me, I had a few lights out moments. <laughs>
0: everybody gets a light, light, light out moment. Well, usually, well, most people, not everybody, but yeah, it happens. But that's fine. I'm glad you experienced that. I mean, was, was that a bit strange for you? Cause I know like in, western world like you know america the us uk you don't really you don't really get that was that like strange for you to experience that
1: the first time was the worst time
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> seriously i mean no like literally it was the worst time because it was the time that it lasted the longest it, i felt like that was the hottest day that i was in ghana Yeah. And that was the day that I actually had to get a lot of work done because this was like before all of my shows. So this is when I was in preparation mode and I'm trying to like, you know, do research and like, you know, type up stuff and get prepared. And it was just crazy. I couldn't even sew. (laughs) and that's the thing like when I first got to Ghana like I had to prep like I had basically like a week and a half to not even two weeks less than two weeks to make more than 10 garments by myself and that's including going to get all the materials in a place that I don't know and I didn't have
0: cope with that pressure
1: it was insane like it was absolutely insane i didn't i did like in new york i know where to go like i can navigate i've had moments where like i was under really really short deadlines but at least i knew how to hop on a train and i knew how to get to the fab to the fashion district there i didn't even know how to like navigate you know it was it was crazy but i mean it worked out so
0: yeah. Let's, let's hold that. Let's, let's stay on that note because I know, you know, tech is kind of part of your DNA in terms of, you know, fashion, innovation, you know, creativity, etc. Um, how impressed were you with, um, when you went to Ghana, when you, when you were out there in Accra, how impressed were you with the developments of Uber and Google maps and, you know, just in terms of, You know, being able to connect with people online out there, how how um, online people were in Ghana, how impressed were you with with the tech out there?
1: Well, well, first of all, I think to really fairly answer that question, I would have to know where Ghana was a few years ago, right? So, yeah, I'm judging from coming from New York, where like I get in, I get in the car, I don't even have to say anything, like we never have to communicate, and then when I get out, I'm where I need to be. So, like, going to Ghana and now, like, not having that same experience, it was a lot different. So, I wouldn't say that that, you know, I wouldn't say that my experience in Ghana made me feel like, you know, I was in the most technologically advanced community. But I will say that compared to some of the um, stories that I've heard and where I have heard that Ghana has progressed from, it was, it really wasn't bad. I mean, like I felt completely I felt completely comfortable taking I took Ubers everywhere. I even took a cho-cho, though believe
0: yeah, it or not tro- I- shout
1: out to tro-tro. yes uh, yeah. i don't know if i'm <laughs> saying, i'm gonna stop now because i it's, am, fine. Like. <laughs> it's fine
0: It's fine. fine you know i think you need a little bit of a Ghanaian twist a Ghanaian accent
1: i know i'm trying my best i would I know <laughs>
0: exactly i know exactly what you mean
1: did you hear me in know. the chat earlier i was trying to figure out what the long o oh meant and like i'm like is it emphasis like when i say more than one oh is this like an emphasis or is it like a sound effect i don't (laughs) i think forgive me i'm figuring it out
0: don't worry about it you know we'll get there yeah Um, i'll get there yeah
1: i wouldn't change my perspective though i'm gonna be honest with you i would never change my perspective i i love the fact that i'm viewing ghana through these like lenses like you know i i love it i would never change it
0: yeah do you feel like uh, a lot more? I mean, cause there was a lot of African Americans out there, um, you know, 2019, 20, early 2020, you know, the, the year return and, and beyond. Um, I think this is the most um, African Americans I've come across within a certain period in Ghana at, at one time at any given time, which is remarkable. Um, do you f- and I saw a lot of African Americans really embracing Ghana, embracing their roots, and really pre- appreciating Africa like never before. Mm-hmm. Um, did you did you get a sense of that for with other African Americans out there? Did you did you get a feel of them experiencing the the same kind of feelings?
1: Well, I I didn't really come across a lot of African Americans outside of I didn't I didn't but but all of yourself so, n- really well honestly I was probably it
0: was another ya show
1: <laughs> why did you say that
0: I'm joking.
1: okay um look at some of the events that were geared towards like conversation around the year of return yes I did. I did come across, like, African-Americans that were either on, like, a panel or Mm -hmm. somehow involved in in the organization of of the Year of Return. Um, But, like, on an everyday basis, no. But then again, I honestly didn't really... I didn't do, like, a lot of socializing because when I first got there, everything was just, like, I was just trying to figure things out. And then I also had, like, a huge culture shock. So... I was just like really just trying to find my footing while I was there for at least a month and like trying to make sure that I was on point for all of my shows. But, um, as far as like the nightlife goes, I only went out probably less than five times. And I I, I feel like maybe I didn't really mingle enough to really know like who was African-American. I didn't meet a lot of like British people. Yeah, of course. Like know, br- the the br- yeah, you and like your whole your whole crew, like everybody from <laughs> the UK was there, which was exciting to me too because I I don't yeah. meet a lot of like British people, I don't meet a lot of African Brit- British people, um but I will say that there was a lot of like powerful African American people, a lot of mm. African American people that took ownership of Ghana that were, you know, were really committed to advancing Ghana. That seemed like really passionate about the country. And also that had like really, really impressive um, pedigrees. I mean, like some of these women, I remember one, one woman, I don't remember her name right now, but like she, and, and the thing about her that stood out to me, like this woman had like pink hair. Right? She had like pink cornrows But <laughs> she had She had worked in all of these top uh, All these top uh, Companies, tech companies And this woman was all about Her business and it was so amazing She was African American I'm not sure from where exactly
0: So that was the Lovely voice of Nana Yasewa Akuku A.K.A. Queenya Uh, This episode is being brought to you in two parts, so that was the first part. Um, The podcast ended up being quite lengthy that it made sense just to split this up into two. So look out next week for part two of this podcast. You don't want to miss it. Um, You would also get to hear a snippet of her new single that should be dropping out. Um, Make sure that you check out the show notes. Visit thesoandofacra.com. That's thesoandofacra.com. And got a question, an inquiry, or you think you would like to be on a show or know someone that'd be great. Drop us an email, info at the sound of Accra. Take care. See you next week. Peace.